0: The free-for-all roundtable.
1: Brought to you by Lexus Vaughan, Canada's newest Lexus dealer. In the Maple Auto Mall near Rutherford at Highway 400. Luxury is closer than you think. Round one. On round one, Anne Legacy Dowson is here. Montreal radio commentator and pundit Deb Hutton, former advisor to two Ontario premiers, now in private practice. Jerry Agar is live in studio, and so he will be from nine to noon on the Jerry Agar Show. Good morning, everybody. Uh, Morning. Last night was the first mayor's debate, and I will confess, I have freely confessed, I took a pass on it. I'm waiting to get the measure of these candidates when we draw closer to the finish line. Uh, so we'll do a quick go around. Jerry, were you watching or was there baseball? No, the the Jays played terribly last night,
2: and uh, <laughs> and, then, uh, and something has to be done about Alec Manoa. That said, I know. Uh, you know, I I read up on it. I watched some video. And the most entertaining part was when uh, Actual candidate kenny came up and uh, and attacked them and knocked over their, they spent fives of dollars
1: on their uh, setup there okay well let's and, listen to that for a moment okay. this is one of 102 candidates 97 of which were not invited last night
3: excuse me now you will Sir?
0: not fix an election if don't put your hands on me that is the fault. you will not threaten to shoot and watch this look at this
1: Why?
2: Right, I it shouldn't, shouldn't so laugh that's yeah. <laughs> it's like junior high so uh the I didn't I I didn't see in anything that I read up on this uh, a- anything surprising or any real concrete plans just a lot of by golly I'm gonna dig in yep we need to do stuff I didn't uh, was not inspired by anything
1: yeah okay Deb Hutton
0: well listen everybody knows I have a bias I'm supporting Anna By-law. Right. and and so to Jerry's point I actually do think she put a number of concrete plans on the table Um I got to confess, on the other side, my bias is so strong against Olivia Chow. I I just, I was like yelling at the TV. I, I truly feel doomed if she continues to be in the lead and God forbid would win on June 26th. So there's my bias on either end of the spectrum. My only other comment, aside from the fact that it, it does feel a bit ridiculous at how sort of amateur-ish the whole thing is, I defy anyone to listen to all of the times that Mitzi Hunter spoke yesterday and figure out if she said anything whatsoever that had even a a modicum of detail to it. She is a master. This is what she should do after she loses. She should do a master class in how to speak without saying anything.
2: Uh, She's not alone <laughs> in that in the world
1: of politics. No.
2: Oh,
0: Jerry, she yeah. she is the master. Uh, perhaps, uh, just for fun.
1: You know what's funny is a former speechwriter for Stephen Harper once said that his instructions were never write anything memorable. Um, <laughs> and like I say, Dowson, you got no pony in yeah. this race. It must be funny to look from outside of the city of Toronto and see 120 people or 102 people scrabbling for the mayoralty.
3: Well, in a way, I mean, it's a credit to the democratic process that so many people have signed up. But we know that that's not where it's at, really, right? Like that's sort of window dressing. A lot of people want to want to be able to say, oh, yes, I'm running for mayor. When in fact, they don't intend to lift a finger and campaign. Really, I watched bits and pieces of it and i I did find it a little flat, and I thought it was pretty remarkable that Mark Saunders was not there. I thought that was pretty weird because he is supposed to be one of the front runners, too. And I thought, well, that's an interesting omission on his part. like he his people, some of whom are very well connected to very powerful people in the province decided that wasn't a worthy venue for him. So I thought that was pretty telling. I, I, I do agree that it did tend to be pretty general, pretty unfocused, but it's still early days, so yeah. I guess we'll wait and see. And When Saunders shows up, I suspect it'll get a little more pointed. I, I also would say from the vantage point of Montreal, I find it pretty weird that a police chief, retired though, I guess, uh, is running at all. I, I don't think that the police chief, the hierarchical, and you know, workplace and culture it comes from is actually that well suited to uh, to municipal politics which is basically about building alliances and I, I, I and I think to be fair to Olivia Chow I think she's pretty good at that so I I'm gonna come down in opposition to my my colleague and say that I'm not as averse to Olivia Chow as it sounds like she is pretty adamant about
1: yeah. Uh, Jerry, you wanted to. Yeah, I, yesterday
2: Amanda Galbraith was on the show with me. She's worked on campaigns, and uh, and the the fact that uh, Saunders wasn't going to be there came up. And I said to Amanda, "Yeah, but he said he had a previous engagement." And she said, "Yes, I've put out many of those kinds of statements."
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and many of us who've worked in politics know exactly how that one. I, yeah, I would, that would like to like like know what busy. the engagement
1: was, because it's not
2: like he's he didn't
3: getting know, his nails done or something.
1: He was running for mayor. Anyway, we'll see as this campaign continues. And um, it's funny, Deb. I have numerous acquaintances who regard the prospect of of an Olivia Chow mayoralty as an existential crisis.
0: Yeah, I mean, you said that yesterday. Uh, 100%, 100%. She's already put out $400 million in new taxes, and we have six weeks to go.
2: She put out $400 million in new taxes in order to do what will be billions of dollars worth of spending. And they sent me a thing yesterday where they were uh, purporting to cost this thing out. And she just pulls numbers out of wherever she can. It's just she would be an
1: unmitigated disaster. Doug Ford says he's very serious about allowing beer and wine sales in Ontario convenience stores. I think, Deb Hutton, we've reached the point of tedium here on this particular debate. Just do it.
0: Yeah, I, I'm with you. And we all know one of the reasons we haven't gotten it done is because the previous government cut such a sweetheart deal with the beer industry. My only, my only thing on this is you don't do incremental add-ons to our current structure. Because if you put beer and wine in corner stores, you're actually going to do damage to the LCBO model. So I say open it wide up get out of the business of booze, regulate it, and let me buy whatever it is I want to buy wherever I want to buy it.
1: And add this to the list of things that somebody from Montreal can laugh about. I mean, you and I have been buying beer. (laughs) Frankly, I've been buying beer at the corner store since before I was of age to drink.
3: I'm afraid many of us would be in that same category here in Quebec, right? But so all the, every single, what we call a dépanneur, has a wide selection of beer, and some wine, the wine is very plonkish and basically undrinkable. The good wine still is being sold in provincially owned stores called the SAQ, the Société des Alcodes. So yeah. you're you know that there's gotta be there's gotta be some kind of model in place, I guess, uh, to figure out how to deal with that because the good stuff should be available to people more easily, probably. But yeah, it's not a big deal. I find this kind of funny. It's like a hangover from the The Order of the Daughters of the Empire or something in in Ontario, this kind of attitude toward booze.
1: Well, that's the thing, Jerry. It's just, there's something, it's kind of like the debate over Sunday shopping. It's like, why is this taking so long?
2: Well, and, and drinking in the parks.
1: Like, yeah. only, only politicians can take
2: years to, to decide something ordinary people can decide in, in an afternoon. I mean, basically, do, are we going to have drinking in parks? Yes or no. Okay, if vote yes, then does each councillor get to choose whether it includes the parks in their ward? Yes or no. Okay, we're done. What's the next item? No, it's meh, <laughs> meh, forever. And especially when it comes to alcohol laws, I, I, I mean, it's worse than the daughters of whatever it was you said, Anne. I, I think the first white people that started coming over here, other than the explorers, were Puritans and we haven't recovered from that in North America.
1: All right. Uh, Well, certainly, we used to have dry wards in Toronto. Uh, The Junction... High Park. uh, Yeah. yeah. The The Junction was dry up until, I think, about 15 years ago or so. I want dry wards like my favorite dry ward in
2: the United States. The one where they make Jack Daniels.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, Doug Ford set to liberate Mississauga. He'll set it free if it comes back. Then I guess we'll have to make up our minds what to do about it. Uh, Jerry, uh, you know, I don't have a heavy opinion on this. But now that Mississauga is approaching a million citizens, I think perhaps they should be allowed some autonomy.
2: Well, I, I, I don't know why this is up to the province. Well, because all jurists, all yeah, municipalities I, are, I think that's wards a problem. Of the province. It's yeah,
1: like it's everybody has to go to Annie
2: Yeah, one of the best things John Tory ever said: I shouldn't have to go in short pants to Queens Park in order to get stuff done. And I'm sure Bonnie Crombie feels the same way. She has to go in a cute little girl skirt or something uh, in, <laughs> in order to, uh, you know, and plead for something for her
1: town. I think this is something that uh, communities should decide for themselves. Okay, Deb Hutton, is there something going on behind the scenes that we don't? Don't quite wrap our heads around. I mean, is some of this perhaps about Doug Ford versus Bonnie Crombie?
0: You know, I, I really don't think so. I think it's about less government, and we all know that the premier is is big on that. Look, this is a divorce that is long overdue. It has to happen. Just like every divorce, it's it's going to be messy. It's going to be ugly. There will be a massive fight over money, but it has to happen. And in the end, it will be better. I do not believe. We should have more than the three levels of government in any individual's life whatsoever, and that means getting rid of two-tiered municipalities, and it means getting rid of school boards. Outdated tech
1: is wasting a lot of businesses' valuable time. Uh, and like I say, Dowson, I don't think you work in an office place right now. But still, um, this is all about the tech that office places provide. And at the risk of getting into trouble with my supervisors, I would I would agree with this <laughs> contention. You did you see the look on my face
2: when you started saying that? <laughs> yes. I'm looking forward <laughs> to seeing whether or not when I get back to the office so that I work out of uh, having come in here, uh, whether my computer is booted up yet. Yeah, no, I uh,
1: I will swear to that. It takes five minutes. I'm not kidding. Five minutes for my computer to boot up. And
3: well, I think the part of the problem with tech is not just the tech itself. It's the software that's sitting in front of the tech, i.e., the people who aren't always trained and kept up to date. And you know, so it's a it's a big it's a big issue. Like I've seen a lot of massive screw ups with tech. Uh, You know, the Phoenix payroll screw-up at the federal government where people couldn't get paid for months and months. Oh, years. Bank bank ID leaks, like serious leaks of information about people uh, that's been hacked out. The failure of the... There's been all kinds of stories about how the tech is... Like, it's a double-edged sword and it's not properly monitored and the employers don't manage it properly. So I would say that there's constant pressure to update and the software needs to be... The people have to be updated too and trained up as well. And then I guess if we're going to have this excellent tech and be trained for it, we should probably benefit from it by being able to work remotely and maybe even you know, some kind of shorter work week should be brought in because the tech makes us that much more efficient, so we should also benefit from it.
1: Okay, Jerry, one of the things I enjoyed about working from home was I ran my own tech, and I had an updated computer, and I bought all kinds of hardware and software in order to make the show work remotely.
2: Yeah, I did the same thing, and uh, I mean, Anne is right, that if there's software in front of the computer is inadequate, then I'd be one of those people. I don't claim to be any tech genius, but to go back to what I was complaining about a moment ago, I know how to push on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would just That's like good. it to. Yeah, but I would
1: like it to come on. Yeah. All right, well, I'll take the meeting at nine oh one because you're going to be on the air. Yeah, yeah, time. you take the hit. Okay, uh, Deb Hutton, are you uh, encouraged by the fact that Martha Stewart is posing in a bathing suit at the age of eighty one on the cover of Sports Illustrated?
0: I think it's amazing. <laughs> I, I really, really do. And I listen. I'm sure there's a ton of airbrushing and all those other filters, but man, eighty one. She looks spectacular. I I was not one of these people that, that sort of dissed Martha after she went to jail. I hung in. And other than I'm not real happy with her association with Snoop Dogg and think it's a bit weird, I say go, Martha. No, Women used to hate
2: the front cover of that magazine. Now all of a sudden, what, she's making it uh, like socially acceptable or something? Well, let's face she's it. She's 81,
3: you... Jerry. Yeah, yeah. She's 81. Yeah, so my, that's my point is that, okay, so it's, it is a bit of a joke, let's face it. Sports Illustrated with all the babes in bathing suits. So let's see some male babes in bathing suits too. Why not? I mean, you know, the boomers are not going to die. They're just getting older and they're doing workouts and they're getting surgery and they look gorgeous and we can think of numbers of them like all kinds of them. So if that's the way it's going to go, if aging is going to become beautiful, then I think maybe we need to be more equal opportunity on that.
1: She okay. should have crocheted the suit. There you go. And, <laughs> and let's admit it. Nobody ever watched Baywatch for David Hasselhoff. Catch the round table round one at 745 round two at 845 weekday mornings on more in the morning news talk, ten ten Toronto.